Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Season 3 of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. What a freaking weekend we just had this past week as we seen WWE, Clash at the Castle, NXT Worlds Collide, AEW All Out 2022, and none of these were the biggest story of the weekend because it all came from a post-medium scrum after AEW 2022 All Out. David, did anything really happen? Not a lot, mate. Um, I think it was a quiet weekend. I know I watched a lot of rest, even more than usual. And um, I've been off the grid for a few weeks, but it's nice to be back. Well, I'm glad to have you back. Before we get started, how have you been? I know you've been touring around England. Yeah, I've just been off vacation. Um, I'm a permanent... I'm, I'm okay, mate. I've got um, hospital appointments coming up in the near future. Um, I um, hope to be back on a more regular basis after I get some news tomorrow. But obviously that's for future um, information divulged by Sean. And I'd just like to say um, to Jake, mate, congratulations, well done. I hope you've enjoyed your holiday. You've enjoyed your holiday. You're doing far too good a job. Um, and I, at least it allows me to hate you being a Blackhawks fan. That's all I can say. Well, Jake is away on vacation. So I got a wonderful email a couple of days ago going, Hey, Sean, I can come in and do a show for you. I'm like, yes, David, let's have you back on. So with that being said, let's slide over to the control center because, David, everything happened in about, <laughs> say, 20-some-odd minutes after 1 a.m. in the morning on a Monday morning. This is your Radio Free Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to know. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't seen the... AEW All Out 2022 Post Menus from Pause This Podcast. Go to YouTube, type it in, find it, watch the first 20 minutes, then come back and start this podcast again because that was the most bizarre and entertaining 20 minutes of a sports quote unquote interview I've seen in a while because Tony Khan looked like a deer lost in headlights as CM Punk <laughs> basically laid out his case against Colt Cabana. And he just goes off about the EVPs and saying that EVPs can't manage a target and basically calls Heyman and the Page a freaking dumb idiot. And I'm, I'm toning it down. Yeah, you are. You Your swear jar is going to take, a, um, I think, a battering through third party i hasten to add yeah the media scrum one of the most entertaining parts of the weekend and make no mistake there was some good wrestling over the three shows if you could have combined the best bits of all three shows you'd have had a match of the year card anyway he literally he did not waste any time he addressed the scott colton scenario really strongly it's obvious he's been 
holding back on this scenario. But what led to the EVPs getting mentioned was because obviously um, Scott Colt and Colt Cabana, if you don't know who we're talking about, had been moved over to Ring of Honor. Now, even in fairness to Tony, whilst he was exactly as Sean had said, the, the, the deer in the headlights, Tony had the, the guts to say, yeah, that was nothing to do with Punk. It was my decision. But obviously, Cabana being friends with the Bucks and with, with Paige and Kenny and what have you, they also got it from Punk. They've obviously been doing a little bit of behind the, the scenes shenanigans, according to Punk, and they got it as well. Very interesting comments um, about them, about Punk calling it schoolyard, words, you know, and... and Kids, children, he referred to working with children. He said the P word, think penis, but more ruder. He called them all that, including MJF, but he actually complimented MJF as well, saying he was talented. He just wouldn't listen to people senior to him. But Paige got the worst for me. I don't know how you feel who came off the worst. He obviously is not a happy man with Hangman Adam Page. Exactly, because I feel like Everything started back earlier in the summer when Hangman and the Page was facing CM Punk for the AEW World Title, and we all remember that promo that Hangman and the Page cut, where he basically was saying, "I'm here to save AEW from CM Punk." And at the time, I was thinking, "Hey, this is a pretty freaking cool promo," but apparently, CM Punk had no idea what Hangman and the Page was going to say, and it kind of left him high and dry. Yeah, it did. Then he made comments recently on a podcast about not needing advice from veterans, which obviously hasn't sat well with a lot of people, not just not just uh, Phil Brooks. And he made specific reference to it, and he made a really, really amusing baseball analogy. Um, now, obviously, that's more your 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 side of things, but I, I, I recognised a few of the names that, that he brought up, and it was obvious what he was saying to even someone this side of the pond, where he was naming some baseball legends and saying, yeah, uh, I think the swing's okay, guys. Um, I don't need your advice. And you can see where he was coming from. And, you know, to me, I get that point totally, Sean. I don't know about you, how you feel about it, but I get that point. It's an arrogant thing to say. Even if you feel it, why come out in the public domain and say it? Because you know there's only going to be heat, follow it. Okay, so the quote that CM Punk did there was, Oh, hey, I'm on a team with Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, and Barry Bonds. Oh, hey, my swing's pretty dang good. I don't need to go to them for advice. Then he follows it up with a classic line where he goes like, I guess I didn't need to go to Terry Funk and get advice either. Yeah. I dare you to say that to Terry Funk. Yeah, absolutely. Funk had got a mention, which I'm sure has tickled the poor old boys. Um, if You know, he'll get told about this or sent the, the audio or whatever you are. But that poor old boy is killing himself laughing at that line. And fair play to Punk for that. There's a lot of rights and wrongs here. And I'm a huge Punk fan. And, you know, it seems to have divided the wrestling world. And I'm firmly on the side of Phil Brooks. I think AEW need him more than he needs AEW. I don't know, again, how you feel about that. But this seems to be, it's going to split people down the middle. It is splitting people down the middle. But I'm afraid majority of it, I, I you know, you could almost imagine... The books and Kenny being a bunch of silly school kids backstage and stirring, stirring the locker room up, if you like, Even, you know, with stuff that just isn't true. Now, I may be totally off beam here, but you just imagine it. Well, save that point for a second, David, because 
as this video keeps going on, next group up was Swerving Yagori, it's Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, and they're chatting, and as this is going on, allegedly, <laughs> Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks decide, oh hey, let's go over to CM Punk's dressing room and confront him. And if you listen to Figure Four Weekly, Fightful, Wrestle Talk, Cultaholic, they all been reporting stuff about this. So as what well, I can discern so far, CM Punk threw a punch at Nick Jackson. Where it was the first punch or the second punch, nobody knows. A still decides, hey, I'm gonna get this chair. I'm gonna throw this chair at the other young buck. And apparently his wife was in the room taking care of CM Punk's dog, and she had a broken foot. So I can see where A still. Is seeing his wife there and going like, I need to do something. So in a way, I'm not condoning his actions, but if I had my wife in there and things were breaking down, I may go down that direction. Absolutely. Now, one other report that I've seen, I'm going to balance this out because obviously there is a lot going on here and a lot of rumours. One addition to that is uh, I've I've read and heard that, that Punk threw the first punch. They got into a, ver- a severe verbal altercation, insults being thrown and Punk threw, Punk threw fists at Nick. Let's, let's say that. I think that that seems to be a consistent rumour coming out of it. But one thing I've read, which is another reason I still got involved, they literally leapt on him. The three of them got on top of Punk. Now, irrelevant of backgrounds, genuine fighting abilities. You know, you know, we're talking pro wrestlers here, and we know some are genuine, genuine people you don't mess with, and some are just, you know, they're, they're pro wrestlers. Um, you know, a lot was made of Shawn Michaels' ability, inability to really fight when um, when it came down to it. And obviously, you've got the famous story of Jericho taking on um, Brock Lesnar in real life and actually doing some damage to him. So, but apparently, three on one, A Steel had had enough, coupled with exactly as you said, his wife was in the room looking after Larry, and A Steel didn't mess about. Now, whether A Steel's one of these guys that you know, was only a minor wrestling character. I mean, he was part of the infamous ROH team on the CCW um, Cage of Death um, match. And that, you, you, you're not going to be a soft individual being in that match. Um, apparently, Ace hit Nick with a chair. He's blacked his eye. And apparently, he bit Nick as well when Nick came at him. So he didn't mess about. Now, I'm not condoning any of this, guys. But it made me chuckle when I read it. And I've read it on more than one one or two sources now. That I've, but it looks like, and I sent you this just before we went on air, and I don't know whether you've seen it yet or seen it prior, but it looks like, whilst there's a couple of false um, press releases going around, it does look like Ace steals out of there and has been sacked. I don't want to say, allegedly. Yes, at the time of recording, there are stories going around that Ace still may be fired from the promotion, and that could open up another can of worms because that's, the core member of Team CM Punk at this moment, and we're going to see later this evening when AEW TV hits our airwaves here in the States and over in the UK, the fallout from this. Now, I heard that Dave Master said that nobody's allowed to talk about this situation so far on any member of AEW because of pending legal questions from this altercation, so I doubt we're going to find anything out this evening on AEW TV. So just keep looking at Figure Four Weekly, Wrestle Talk, Cultaholic as the week goes along, because there's going to be more fallout from this. Because hey, this was a total failure on Tony Khan to control the situation. Okay, one after that scrum. Okay, he, he didn't have his phone at the scrum, so he probably didn't know anything about the fight starting until 
Chris Jericho came into the for his section of the scrum and he basically told Tony Khan, hey, something happened in the back. And you see the security guy run away into going towards the event. But he has to know that CM Punk and the Young Bucks are on a bad terms. Yeah. Why not have extra security around CM Punk's dressing room so that Young Bucks wouldn't make the decision to go into the dressing room? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this isn't a shock. Uh, well, it is a shock, but it isn't a surprise, maybe. Let me rephrase. Um, you know, this has been coming. There's been muted disputes backstage. Um, I, I found out this week, even prior to this, that Cody had signed an NDA, even though he's a hugely political beast anyway, but in his le- he's leaving to return to WWE, Cody had signed an NDA. Now, it was well rumoured that the Cody, the Bucks and Kenny didn't get on, but Cody, being the political beast he is, took it better than Punk did. One of the the things, the tangents that I'd be interested in as we move forward, because none of us know where this is going to be happening, now they're going to be suspensions, sackings. Obviously, they're going to be able to blur storyline and reality here, Um, particularly now you've got all these natural feuds. Um, One of the things I'm going to be interested in, and Punk mentioned him very briefly in, in, in the scrum, Moxley, because Punk was praising of Moxley, even though he said he didn't necessarily, were too. he said we're two different cats we see see two different ways of moving forward but he made a death match, match wrestling um point in that he said it's pro wrestling some is different than others and some people like to go various ways making a point about moxley and say gcw and what have you but overall he pra- he sort of praised moxley for doing business with him um and moving forward for knowing what's best to do, which I found as fascinating as some of the tirade, the anti-personal tirades. The fact that, you know, someone like Punk and Moxley can get on, whereas Hangman Page, um, he obviously really, really dislikes. Well, another person that CM Punk apparently has a great affection for is Adam Cole, baby. Because yep. in the middle of this rant that he goes on about Coke Cabana, he stops and goes like, I really like Adam Cole. And I like Adam Cole the person. I hope he gets healthy. He didn't really care about Adam Cole coming back to the ring. He'd rather see Adam Cole be healthy, but he has a lot of respect for Adam Cole. Yeah. In fact, I think he called him a sweetheart, didn't he? He did. You know, I mean, you know, and that is in the middle of, obviously, one thing he said. He said, look, I'm very old. I'm beat up. I'm bleeding. I haven't had a shower. You know, and I am very, very crotchety. He said, but you guys, what's the effect of? You guys have brought this on. Um, you know, I'm going to get it off my chest. I've taken this I've taken this uh, crap for, that's not the word he used, but I've taken this crap for so many years now. He said, now I'm letting it go. And as you said, you, you mentioned it. You said you steer through the headlights. One of the most entertaining bits of this 20, 20 minutes is Tony's face. Because he is hugely uncomfortable during this. He genuinely didn't know it was coming. And he's now got to deal with it. And Sean, you made the point. He really has got to deal with this. Okay, exactly. We were talking offline before we came on to record this episode. And I said, if I was Tony Khan, I would go ahead and pull the trigger on MGF becoming the world champion this evening on AEW TV. And I would be calling Osprey and going like, hey, can I get the United Empire back? in a couple of weeks and get these trio titles off the elite for a while as you got to do something to set the tone here like hi i'm the boss i'm the money behind aew the line is here and you guys just went across it by about oh no a mile right yeah mjf 
Now, here's my deal, here's my take on this, and it got brought up at this press conference as we are still going on about it. Um, obviously, I'm going to refer to the pay-per-view here. We had the Casino Battle Royal, another AEW cluster, but no one was expecting Sympathy for the Devil played. Really, really clever choice. Guy comes out in a devil's mask with Stokely, with all the guys. And I think that's a good little faction. I like that faction. Um, you've got all the right elements there. And this guy, who is MJF's build, walks like MJF, had MJF's mannerisms, wins the Casino Battle Royal, uh, whatever, coin, whatever you want to call it. And obviously, the big reveal at the end, we have the Punk Moxley match. They do what they do. It, it, it wasn't match of the night candidate. It wasn't match of the weekend candidate, but it was all right. It could have been a lot worse. Punk wins, retains Chicago crowd, go home happy. What a reaction. MJF comes out to confront Punk. What a reaction, Sean. What a reaction. Total babyface reaction. They have been desperate to see him. Now, this is one of the few. We've said this all along. We had said it for weeks and weeks prior to my illnesses. I have no doubt Mr. Alan would would deal with this. Your babyface is your biggest deal. Now, are you going to turn punk? Is it part of his punishment to turn punk? It leads so many interesting questions. Got brought up to Tony in the press conference, and he went, no, he said, I'm just letting wrestling fans decide, which is a BS answer for me, a complete BS answer, because he has that control. Well, David, we're going to leave this here for now. We'll continue to watch this story develop through the coming weeks. Let's slide over to our next news story because, oh, hey, MJF made his return to AEW TV after four months away from it at this pay-per-view and, as you said, quote-unquote, won the ladder battle royal, whatever you want to call it, kind of casino battle royal match. And he comes out at the end of the pay-per-view and doesn't say anything to the crowd. He flips the crowd off as he's hearing them cheer. So he's trying to say it as a heel. He's trying to say true to MJF and be what we like about MJF. As the crowd's trying to turn babyface, and we're not talking about this as the least story because everything else has happened that we talked about for about 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, I can't reiterate this enough. But the problem is, me and you have called this for months and months and months and months. The one thing it does, Sean, and I mentioned it just now, it gives Tony the opposite, the the choice of turning punk. Because um, he's out of Chicago. Obviously, he's getting naturally now a lot of dislike from wrestling fans who don't agree with his actions because there's no happy medium here. You're either pro-punk or anti-punk now. Um, So Tony has the chance to turn Phil. He might do it out of punishment. He might do a suspension whether Punk wants to or not. One thing Punk made clear is whether he's happy with decisions or not, he follows them. In, in that press conference. Um, I think that was when he was referring to everyone else as being um, extended male genitalia. I'm trying not to swear here for you, mate. I'm really, really trying not to use the profanity punk used. Um, MJF coming back at that moment was brilliant. I have to say, it was the highlight of the show for me. I don't know about you, I'm sure we'll come on to that, but it was the highlight of the show for me and it was perfect timing. The problem was, at that point, we didn't know what was to come. That's where punks ran slightly takes away from what Tony was trying to do. And I think that let him down, punk-wise. Yeah, I can see that, David. It's kind of ironic because you look at it, the last time we saw MGF in a ring, it was after the day that he didn't show up to that AEW Fan Fest as he's about ready to face Warlow in Warlow's biggest match to date. And all we were talking about after that match was, oh, hey, MJF 
pipe bomb on AWTV and he's not around anymore. And fast forward like three months, Warlow had a match at All Out where he's teaming with FTR against Jay Lethal and Mortar City Machine Guns. I mean, I love all six guys. They should have a yep. better build on this card. I would rather see two matches here. Have like Warlow versus Jay Lethal again for the TNT title. Yep. And could we not get one of these titles that the FTR had defended against the Mortar Machine Guns and let them have a match? Can I make a point here? Go ahead. And it goes it goes on from the, the what what Punk said at the press conference. Who's influencing this booking? They have to be influencing this booking because it's a night where the three of them won the trio's gold. They have to be influencing this booking. This stuff with FTR now has gone on long enough. Every single one of us can see who's one of the best tag teams in the world. It's not even it's not even grey, but they will not have that rubber match with FTR and let FTR go over. They just can't do it. You know, I get putting the trio's gold on them because let's face it, apart from United Empire, there was no real opposition. You look at that Rampage final. Christ's sake, you've got Dark Order or best friends. You know, and I this is where Punk's arguments have credence because of this sort of booking because they're influencing it in my opinion without a doubt david if you've been listening to our episodes in the last couple of weeks i've been banging the table on this tournament and how one side of that bracket was super loaded and the other side of the yep. bracket looked like it was cream puff yeah absolutely because to me the united empire versus the elite should have been at all out and granted yep. i'm kind of happy now it wasn't because i got to enjoy it and we got to talk about it without having to talk about everything else that was going on. Yeah, yeah, fair point. But yeah, you, you're absolutely spot on there. I mean, it, it, it's, it's hard to say because I can't believe I'm going to say this. I enjoyed When Worlds Collide, some of it. I really enjoyed Clash of the Castle, which I didn't expect to do, um, apart from the ending, which me and you nearly threw our phones in, out, out of our respective houses um, at the end of that match, I nearly put mine in the in the car park in my hotel in the Isle of Wight when when the finish. Happened. Even my wife went, who doesn't the Queen, who doesn't like wrestling, was watching it with me because she enjoyed the crowd. Um, I turned around and said, "Oh, isn't that a bit of a damp squib?" <laughs> You've got no idea, pet. But it was the worst all-out card they've done. It was the worst pay-per-view they've had for a long while. And I, and and I enjoyed Jericho Danielson. Very much. Punk Moxley was all right, but it wasn't like you weren't coming off it going, this was brilliant, that was brilliant. At least I wasn't, mate. Well, David, we'll talk about more about that during the 76 questions. Let's go on to our next news story. As before all this AEW week happened, Kyle O'Reilly went onto his Instagram and posted a picture of him in a hospital bed as Kyle Wright had neck surgery, and there's no timetable for Kyle Wright's return to professional wrestling. We just want to wish Kyle Wright a speedy recovery, and we can't wait to see him back doing what he does the best. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they bring him back, as, a, as obviously now um, a singles competitor, because Bobby Fish, it seems, has been let go. Although, interestingly, I hadn't even got a chance to send you this before we we met up on, um, on our call. Um, Bobby Fish has actually challenged Philip Brooks to a proper fight, be it kickboxing, boxing, or MMA. 
Wow. <laughs> Genuinely, you'll see this when we come off the air, um, and it's doing the rounds. I haven't got a chance to send it to you, I mean, so I just thought I'd save it for the show. I've just seen it. I'd just seen it before we'd started recording, yeah. And his words were, I don't mind boxing, MMA, uh, or kickboxing. It was a genuine, um, a, a genuine challenge. Well, a genuine challenge. Um, it was a challenge, let's put it like that. Well, the other news story I was going to tell you about, David, is, oh, hey, by the way, Bobby Fish is uh, reportedly done with AEW as it looks like AEW's not going to renew his contract, so we're not going to get this feud where it's going to be the Undisputed Elite versus the original Elite now. <laughs> and why do you think the uh, Young Bucks don't want anything to do with Red Dragon, Sean? Well, you know, simply because um, Red Dragon's probably the best tag team on the planet at the moment. Yeah, I think so. I think I think there's a pattern emerging, shall we say. Yeah, I kind of got the same feeling here, David, because allegedly the match for All Out was going to be FTR versus the Young Bucks for all the titles. For all the, all the peanuts, yeah. And look what happened. Exactly, David. We'll keep our eyes on all this AEW news backstage <laughs> stuff as we continue on through the weeks here on Ray Free Professional Wrestling. One more news story before we leave you. And something else caused my news desk as I was looking around the internet. This event called WrestleFest Cardiff that was a <laughs> supposedly a meet agree right before Class at the Castle apparently became a freaking hot mess as Nick Aulis has gone on to Twitter to release a statement where if you're not able to get a refund from the promoter of said event, he would give you a video or if you come to 1PW's event in October, him and Mickey James would do an autograph and signing session there. Yeah. Great, great event to to uh, to pick there the one uh, PW revival because that promoter's got a good reputation allegedly. Hasten to add, in case the lawyers are about. Um, yeah, our, our friends in Ministry of Slam were there live, weren't they? And um, have done a very interesting take on it. Um, you know a little bit more about that than me, but um, yeah, uh, British British wrestling, best in the world. Remember what Michael Cole said prior to, at the start of Clash at the Castle that British wrestling was in a good state. Yeah, that's because a lot of talent is available now to British wrestling companies because they've all been sacked by the WWE. Well, David, I will link this news article from wellsonline.co.uk, and at the bottom of this article. They actually give a statement from Russell Fest's promoters where they actually decided to stop the comments in on their um, account because, oh, hey, by the way, the event's over, and the only reason we had this Facebook account was for the event. <laughs> and, oh, by the way, if you purchase allegedly a tickets for a autograph and photo, it doesn't guarantee you said autograph and photo. And it was a lot of back pedaling and backtracking and it is sounded like a get rich quick scheme here allegedly british wrestling promoting mate the finest shithousery in the world genuinely i will highly recommend you guys going to listen to this past week's episode of ministry of slam as lawrence was there in person as they had done weeks of advertising for said events and were promised a chance to interview a lot of the wrestlers there and they do a great explanation of what actually happened and how bad the situation was. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been your control center for this week <laughs> in professional wrestling. Let's slide over to the sunny six questions. <laughs> it's time for the stunning six question. All the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully, David and Sean can make sense of it. 
Okay, David. Stunning question number one. Who between CM Punk and the Elite can Tony Khan afford to lose? It depends. It's a very good question. I guess you were going to ask this. Can he afford? We have to. I'm going to put this in the terms of a question. Can he afford to lose Punk? I don't know. Is the honest answer. I don't think the books and Kenny will go because they've been. They they are EVPs. Whatever that means in this day and age. Um, I think there'll be some suspensions. I think there'll be some punishments come out of this. And I think that those could also be reflected in storyline. I do not expect Punk to, now to hold the title for long. Okay, so I actually asked this question on our Twitter account at Radio Free PW, and 52% of the voting audience said that they can't afford to lose the elite. And I'm going to disagree with this wholeheartedly because I feel like if CM Punk leaves AEW at this moment, I, there's nobody to replace him. There's not a big star that is free right now since Triple H has come back to WWE and it's in the hand of creative. There's nobody to replace CM Punk. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, I don't think Punk will go, but I think he'll be punished. Um, I don't think the Elite will go because, of, again, I made the reference earlier, that their political nonsense will, will win through on that and Kenny's only just come back. But I do think, I, I, my gut feeling tells me that Punk will not hang on to this for long. Now, what I think will happen, unless this is a question coming up, then stop me, is I think MJF will be rushed into winning the title and then go into a series of matches with Danielson. David, I can see that happening. Like I said previously, that if I was Tony Khan, I would get that title off CM Punk and I would get the trio titles off the Elite because I'm going to go like, Guys, I can't have you guys being the face of the company at the moment if you're going to act like four-year-old kids. Yeah, yeah, it's whether whether Tony's got the kahunas to do that. That is the big question, sure, and we'll see. Okay, so stunning question number two. We're going to go back to Cardiff Wells. As me and you both were kind of tweeting backwards and forwards during this event, and for the most part, we were enjoying this event up to the very last match. Now, the title match between Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre was freaking awesome for all of it except for the last five minutes because it was a great wrestling match. David, there comes Austin Fury. Okay, cool. Um, the boxer knocked him out. Okay, fine. We don't get this cash in. Okay, let's get back to this match. David, why is Sokoa here? He used to be NST 2.0 and the whole thing with him was he was going to be separate from the other Usos and he causes Drew the match. In the hottest crowd I have personally seen watching wrestling in my life. And I'm talking about this was hotter than me literally being at WrestleMania 27. Cardiff was ready to crown Drew the new champion. And me and you both thought it would be the perfect time to get the belts off of Roman. He's done a good job. And it went from being a super hot crowd to being a wake. Can't disagree with anything that you've just said. Bang on. Absolutely bang on. I'm going to put a different slant on it. Similar similar feelings, but different slant. I ain't got a problem with Roman going over Drew in that match. Not at all. Not at all. I want it going over clean, though. When the Austin Theory bit, the way they did that, I thought was really good. Because um, I like you. Oh, no. Theory's catching in. Tyson knocks him out. That's why Tyson's there. Brilliant. Well done. Like that. And the punch... Theory sold it brilliantly. It looked convincing from Fury. Great. Go back to the match. And the crowd 
realising that that wasn't going to happen, there weren't going to be a cash-in, got back in and, and reinvested in the match. So they got away with that, really clever. Liked that a lot. I think we were messaging, like we really were concentratedly messaging each other at that point. Then all of a sudden, Siri Sokoa. Now, I'm going to make a, a British point here. I would say two-thirds of that audience didn't know who the bloody hell Sokoa was. Because half of that audience are there because of SummerSlam 1992, the WWE, the publicity, what have you. They're probably wrestling fans. Not, not a problem with that. But they won't watch week in, week out like we do. Raw, SmackDown, NXT, um, you know, AW, Progress, ICW, Red Pro. They're not that sort of wrestling fan. Are you with me? I am with you, and I would agree with you. Um, so it was like... Daddy, Daddy, who's that? Daddy, Daddy, Daddy's today, I don't know, son, it's another character. You can see it happening, mate. And that's one of the biggest things. Just let Roman win clean. It was a hell of a match. It was way, way exceeded my expectations. I was thoroughly invested in it. What are they going to do? What's the finish going to be? And then they pull that load of pony and trap on, on us. And it was awful. And it was a throwback to the WWE. You know, we, we all this stuff about Hunter's doing this, Hunter's doing that. And yes, he's having little wins here and there. He's pulling out moments because Hunter knows what he's doing. We might, you know, some of it we might not like, some of it we like. But that, on a good card, with a couple of really good matches in it, Gunther, uh, Gunther Sheamus obviously deserves a really honourable mention. I don't know whether that's coming up, but that was a belter, pun intended. Um... And then they get a really good main event, a brilliant crowd, a really invested crowd, because my missus, who hates wrestling, she, she like, puts up with it for me. She was watching it with me in the hotel room, and she was like, oh, the crowd are enjoying it, aren't they? First thing she said. And that drew her into watching the main event. And then they do that. Utter garbage. David, they had a perfect place to have Roman win clean. When Roman <laughs> locked that guillotine in, all they had to do was let Drew struggle to try to break it. Drew passes out. Yeah. That keeps Drew strong. That keeps that crowd happy because, you know what? Drew lost. Okay, fine. But he went down fighting. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, mate. But the the, the Sokoa, yeah, because you says uh, I completely misthought through. And such a shame. Such a disappointment. And, you know, all right, I didn't necessarily expect to get the end of SummerSlam 92 again. I didn't expect the hometown win. I never at any point thought Drew was winning. But I didn't want him to lose like that. And that's what's disappointing, you I just thought the WWE dropped the ball because I watched this card and from the get-go, this crowd was hot for almost anything. They were hot for Shayna Baszler versus Liv Morgan. And I'm going like, okay, <laughs> yeah. this crowd's liking this wrestling. And I'm like, this would be the perfect place to just send them home happy Drew could lose his title in a couple of weeks. He could lose extreme rules. But you put a footnote on this card telling the people who bought tickets there, you guys matter. We're going to come back. We're going to do yeah. more things in the UK. But yeah. this yeah. really gives a single to the UK fans like, thanks for the money. Have a great night. We don't care. That's a really good point, mate. That is a really, really good point. And bear in mind, I, 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 yeah, the ticket prices for this 
I don't know what they're like. I, I mean, I don't know what pay-per-view shows are like in the States anymore from ticket price-wise. For UK shows, even the WWE. I mean, I've been previously to SmackDown and Raw recordings at Wembley and the O2. These were very, very highly priced tickets. Make no mistake. Even in the bleachers or the, you know, the, 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 the upper tier. Don't get me wrong, the Millennium Stadium is one of the best stadiums in the UK. It's not from, from a viewing perspective. I've been to it on many occasions. It's not from a logistical point. It's literally right in the centre of Cardiff. You can't get to it any, any way other than foot and may, you know, train or bus. Yeah, it, it was. It was like, thanks for your money, we're off. Okay, David, as we stay at Classic the Castle, I've got another stunning question for you. Would you rather rewatch Walter versus Seamus or Eddie Kingston versus Ishii? Which one would you rather watch? <laughs> good question. Really, really good question, that. Now, um, in this case, Walter Gunther versus Seamus. Um, I've got, I like Eddie Kingston and I like Ishii, but that one, Walter versus Gunther, uh, Gunther Seamus, Walter, whoever he is today, um, really good, really, really good. And it opened that audience up to that style of wrestling. They don't often see that sort of hard-hitting um, wrestling, and I, I, I thought that was, I thought it was very well done. Okay, David, up to um, Swarming Agori versus The Acclaim. Walter versus Seamus was my match of the weekend because I freaking right. enjoy it. And I was like, like caught up into it because I thought maybe just maybe Seamus would win. But unlike how I felt like Roman versus Drew went, I wasn't mad at the ending of this match between Seamus and Walter. I'm like, yeah. I got my money's worth from this match. And I saw yeah. two guys just beat the heck out of each other. And I can accept Walter being the better person on this day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. No, no, no. For me, in this scenario, over this weekend, Gun- uh, Gunther, uh, Seamus, I, I, uh, again, pleasantly surprised at how good it was. Okay, the only thing that disappointed me about this match was I didn't get what I wanted. I didn't get no changes <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, again, I, I refer my, I, I, I mean, I refer you to my um, Sokoa point that, as much as we love Ginny, you can see about 90% of the audience going, who's that? Okay, yeah, I agree. A lot of people would not know that she's the uncrowned queen of progress and should have been a NXT UK champion, but, oh, hey, that's another story for another day. She's the uncrowned queen of the stunning one's heart. No comment. <laughs> you like Ginny. Okay, so next stunning question for you. We're going to AEW All Out. We're going to the yep. women's intern title match and this crowd had one person that they want to win this match and it was jamie hater yeah and yeah and i went online and i went oh hey david's gonna be surprised but i kind of want to see hater win this match yeah and you know that's kind of a surprise because the person in the match that actually won it is tony storm and you know how big of a tony storm fan i am did AEW get it right with who won this match no, 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 no. It wasn't a surprise that Tony Storm won um, because she's obviously... Right, I'm going to talk... I knew this was coming because I knew you would want me to get angry, you rotten swine. Um, I will say this, Sean, and this really happened me off about when worlds collide as well. Um, so you can know where I'm coming from on that as well. Um, you cannot, in this day and age... Put a woman's wrestler over because of looks and body 
and TNA and I, I just don't get it. I've never been, I don't sit at ladies. I, I've been going to wrestling since I was nine, which is a bloody long while. And I have never in that time looked at a wrestler going, of course, she's fit. She's gorgeous. And I've never had because they're wrestlers. I look at them. It's like one of my favorite of all time is, I can't believe I'm about to say it. It's Dewdrop, Viper, Piper Niven. Um, because I've seen her so many times put in performance after performance for a big girl, and she's brilliant in the ring. She's allowed to do what she can do. Out of those ladies, Tony Storm is not the best ladies wrestler in those those ladies. The crowd do. You know. You got excited by Tony Storm coming out to AEW, and I said to you, just watch her. Watch her closely as a wrestler, and you know what I mean, my friend. She... Is not the best wrestler in the world. And we had this for the NXT. I mean, the NXT one actually disgusted me more than the AEW um, match because I knew Tony Storm was going to win. It was perfectly clear. Thunder Rosa comes back. You've got Thunderstorm. You've got the two friends. One of them's going to turn, which I'm going to guess at the moment is um, Thunder Rosa. But, hey, you know, that's to come. But no, I didn't like it. Did not like it at all. The crowd were right. They were wrong. Exactly. Like, there's this is this other match from AEW All Out that you could literally said, hey, let's just call it Audible. We'll put this title on Jamie Hayter, and we'll start <laughs> this breakup between Britt Becker and Jamie Hayter. And when Front of Rosa's recovered from her injury, you can slide her back into a triple threat and get the title back onto her if you want to. And I'm going to go ahead and say this. I like Tony Storm, but she has fallen off. She's not the Tony Storm at old. I feel like she's still trying to find out who she really wants to be now since she's away from the WWE. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. You look at it, right? There's, there's only one woman that should be the title holder at the moment that possibly could carry that title, and that's Britt. Um, then, but you've you've done Britt Baker with Thunder, Thunder Rosa chasing her, so what do you do? The crowd like Jamie Hayter. There's a natural story there. You know, it's not rocket science. We say this time and time again, me and you. When we see, I'm going to quote Cornette, when we see lazy booking. And these, this was one example of it over this weekend. And I knew you were going to bring it up to torture me. Well, our next setting question, we're going over to NST World Collides. <laughs> and we're going to talk about the unification match between the NST Women's Championship and the NST 2.0 title, as we see Vico Sekamura, B. Priestley slash Bear Davenport, and Manny Rose. And David, I was freaking shocked and surprised that Manny Rose won this match. Now, granted, I kind of felt like B. Priestley was going to be the person that may take the pin if they kept it on Manny Rose. Yep. But part of me thought, you got Mika freaking Sakamura coming to the <laughs> States. Can we not just let her have the title? Can the final boss have both titles because I felt like that was the smart choice. It's the only choice, mate. It wasn't the smart choice. It was the well, it was the smart choice, but it was the only choice. Um, I, I don't know what to say about this because whilst I wasn't surprised, I was just like, oh, any you see on social, you know, I don't, you know, I don't watch NXT every week for many reasons, but I do flick. I, I'll be honest, I do come in and out of it. And in the lead up to knowing that I was doing this, I watched the shows. I knew Mandy Rose was going to win, and I thought it's wrong, but Blair, you're going to you're going to lie down and look at the lights. Now I don't know whether this is due to Maiko's 
schedule or whether she's going to be in it much longer and whether they're going to keep, say, Blair Davenport and have her chase Mandy Rose now because she wasn't pinned. That's my thought process because it's the only one that I can comfort myself with after this match. Now, David, I actually enjoyed the NXT Unification title match better than I did the AEW Intern Women's title match. And I kind of felt like Mandy Rose held her own for the part of the match she was responsible for. I didn't think she did a bad job. I feel like this year in NXT 2.0 has done wonders for Manny Rose, but I feel like she needs to go back to the main card, and you could give Brown Davenport the title. You have a heel that can control that division, or you could give it to Minko, and you have a super over baby face, and you just have to find your next heel. I'll give you one concession on that, Sean. Mandy Rose was way better than Tony Storm. I agree with that. I feel like Manny Rose has surpassed Tony Storm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you that. I was just disappointed with the way the match lay up. Really disappointed, mate. Which, oh, you know I'm a grumpy old man. Okay, so next any question. We are going to stay with NXT World Collides as we saw a four-way elimination match for the tag team titles. And this will bring you back to me happy because, yes, boys, and I was so happy. This was the only victory for anybody who was associated with NXT UK on this card. It was, and predictably so as well, to be fair. Predictably so as well. I was pleasantly surprised by this because um, I didn't think... I thought they did this well. I love Pretty Deadly. The fact that Pretty Deadly... We're, we're, the only thing is, all the British are heels here, Sean. You know, what is this? Kin Hollywood? All the British are heels. We can only have a British bad guy in that movie. Yeah, whatever. Um, but hey, um, I really enjoyed this. I really did. Right from the opening bell... We're pretty deadly going, hang on, this is a four-way elimination match. Do you know what? You guys get on with it. And I just laughed at that, laughed out loud at that because they carry that well. The outfits are absolutely ridiculous and in a good way. Normally, they, that doesn't work. It works for me. And I love this. And I'm pleasantly surprised that I don't care about the cheating because they are dastardly heels. They got the result, and, and I was chuffed with that. Really happy, and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that match. David, after that match, or actually during that match, I tweeted out, you know, Pretty Deadly, they should be on the main roster, and I felt like that for another 24 hours until something happened on Monday Night Raw that we're going to get to in our next stunning question. Our final stunning question of the week. <laughs> on Monday Night Raw, they had one big debut. Monstrous debut. And how did they debut them, David? They let them tear into the WWE tag team division as we've been praising Triple H and how awesome this booking has been for WWE yeah. over the last month. Braun Strowman just sent us back like nine months to WWE booking. It, it wasn't really a debut. It was like a review, <laughs> a return, a, a, a day turn, a D-turn. I don't know, mate. Um, why not have him come out and just destroy the set? Towards the end of the show. You know, he's angry. He's been kept off television. He's been sacked. He's been hired back. So he's come back to take his vengeance on the whole of the WWE and just destroy the set. Or am I thinking too too logically, Sean? David, I got you one better. Why not save his debut until Friday night on SmackDown when you're on Fox TV and you get more eyeballs on Braun Strowman as Roman comes out and goes like, you know what? I just crushed Drew McIntyre. There's nobody left in the yeah. WWE that can acknowledge yeah. me or challenge me for these titles. Braun Strowman comes yeah. out. Yeah. And he got a next match. 
and I would accept it. I would have been happy. But yes. no, let's just put Braun over the tag team division. Like, only thing they were missing was an eight-year-old kid being his tag team partner. <laughs> very good. Very good. Very clever, young sir. Um, yeah, um, I mean, yeah, it, it was. Again, I've made the reference it was lazy booking. There was there's two or three options there that would have made more sense than what they did. We'll see where they go with Braun Strowman. I was never a fan first time round. Um Quite simply because, yeah, he's a big guy. He's intimidating. He's threatening. Physically, he looks a matchup for Roman. But he just, his in-ring work was never the best, Sean, was it? Um, in my, my take. So we'll see where they go. We'll, we'll, we'll give that a chance. Now, I will give it credit. I feel like with Triple H in control of creative, I feel like Braun Strowman could be something. Because when he first debuted, he was a big freaking monster. They treated him like a big freaking monster. And slowly but surely, the shine got off of it as Vince found somebody new. And let me know, Braun Strowman was out controlling his own narrative. Well, the reason the reason is, is if you like, his character waned was because at the end of the day, he isn't that good. He's a big bloke. He's a big, muscly bloke. And the WWE, traditionally, are like that size of individual, don't they? Exactly. Now, you know what they could have done? originally was treat him like Andre the Giant and protect the heck out of him and only have him out for special occasions. Yeah. And that could have lasted a little bit longer. But then you're 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 applying logic. We, we 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 do this all the time, my friend. We apply logic to these scenarios and you know, I, I don't want to say that me and you were better bookers than Triple H or Tony Khan, but we're better bookers than Triple H and Tony Khan. On occasion. <laughs> you, you coward. Come on, say it! I plead the fifth. Well, before we go, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to give a special answer stunning kind of question. David, what did you think about Cash's daughter coming down and pinning Sunday Duck during that tag team title match they had at AW All Out? Because I felt like that was the best freaking moment of the weekend. Did you? Yes. No, I didn't like it, I'll be honest. It's like Kenny wrestling the the girl, little girl in Japan. I think they could have used it better. Even had a trip, trip someone up at the side of the ring. Do you know what I mean? Um, I, not the pin, no. not The pin, not for me. I kind of like the fact that they didn't include her in the match proper. And this was like after the match was over. And if you don't know the story behind Cash's daughter, it's an amazing story because this young lady had a hole in her heart when she was born and went through a lot of different medical issues. Luckily, she's eight years old. Looks like she's doing pretty well. And I wish her all the best in the world. But And it was a heartwarming moment. And especially coming out of this weekend, after all the BS that we've been talking about for the last <laughs> hour, I want to be happy and leave the show happy. And this is why I'm putting this thing right here. Yeah, no, 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 please. Don't get me wrong. Yes. Yeah, it's the story behind it is more important than the actual action. So, yeah, all right, I'm just a miserable old git, and, um, you know, hey, that, that's what I'm here for. Okay, David, so out of AEW All Out, NSC World Collides, and WWE Clash of the Castle, which was the best card of the weekend? For me, Clash of the Castle, followed by, when I never thought I'd say this, when Worlds Collide with All Out, unfortunately. All Out had too few what I would call AEW moments. Um, whereas there was two particular matches I enjoyed on When Worlds Collide and three really good ones, apart from the ending of the main event on Clash of the Castle. Um, so, Clash of the Castle. Haven't you got the crowd with Clash of the Castle? 
So that all day long for me. Okay, so wrestling-wise, I was going to go with NST World Collide as being my favorite show of the week because the only week match on that card was the NST Women's Title Match that really should have been on there. They could have gave us uh, Nathan Fraser versus Axiom, and I would have been perfectly happy. I love Nikki, Ash, and Drew Drop, but the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, they can just go somewhere else, and they could be baby faces, and I don't have to watch them. Yeah. Okay, so with All Out, my final thoughts is going to be, I really hated the opening match. Well, the ending to the opening match where you see um, Stokely climb up the ladder, grab the chip down, we see the masked gentleman come down to the ring and he hands it over. And I'm like going, why not just have the guy come down and climb the ladder himself? And this debut him later on in the show. I mean, like, why do we need to have this invasion-like angle? I'm kind of tired of invasions. And to me, AEW All Out 2022 was a roller coaster of a show. Because, I mean, you had that bad match. I enjoyed the trios title match. It got me back into it. Then it went back down again. And by the end of the night, I was feeling like, why did I spend $50 on this card? Yeah, I can see that, mate. I can see that. I personally, the the little standout moments for me, I actually enjoyed the um, Edge and Mysterio match um, with Judgment Day, mainly because of the crowd. Certainly singing, um, singing Edge's song. Love that. Um, and obviously, I quite enjoyed the Dominic's heel turn. And the little bit on Raw last night, I really like that, putting him in black. I thought that was quite clever. I'll be interested. I'm not offended by that. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes, to be fair. You know, the fact that he's besotted with Rhea Ripley, I quite like. I really do. Well, David, I kind of hated the fact that they let him join Judgment Day. And the heel turn to me was kind of weird because he helped him win the match. But yet, after the match, he decides, oh, wait a minute. I don't like you guys yeah. anymore, so let me just do this. I was hoping that this heel turn would lead him to be separate from Judgment Day and he would just be more pissed off about Ray not selecting him to be his tag team partner. And we had this like dominant and Ray Mysterio feud going towards the screen rules or whatever we're going to do. But no, we got to go this, this convoluted route here where we're fighting with Judgment Day and he sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah, I... I um... It's weird. I, I, I'm, I tell you what, which is more than I can say with any other WWE storyline show, what have you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it a chance and see where it goes for, for crapping on it because I, I've not been offended by it. And I quite, I should say, last night I quite liked the way they did it. Um, I've no doubt they'll probably cock it up, but that's where we're at. It, overall, taking out the punk thing today, which was, which is a one in a lifetime moment. Um, with regards to being arrested. It is because it's it's like the original shoot promo, the shoot work promo um, of, of all that time ago. Um, that The wrestling overall, there was no bad show. There was one good one, one, one I enjoyed, and one that was, oh, all right, you know, um, I, I don't regret it. So, yeah, it was a good weekend for professional wrestling. And then we had the scandal and controversy at the end, which makes it, Makes it the pastime, the sport, the whatever that we love. Exactly, David. I kind of enjoyed the fact that we had all this wrestling on Labor Day weekend. And I feel hoping that WWE decides to keep doing this and they have their shows as well as AEW having their shows on this weekend. Because it's a three-day weekend here in the United States. Why not do this? And besides all the backstage drama at AEW, coming out of this weekend, 
I fairly enjoyed the wrestling I watched. The total of about 11 hours of wrestling I watched this weekend. Yeah, agreed with that. Um, I never... Sometimes, obviously, as you know, when I messaged you this this weekend, I didn't have I didn't have the early morning bias regret, even on Monday morning, after watching two sociable hour shows for the UK, which was a bonus, obviously. Clash of the Castle for us was early evening, and then when Worlds Collide started at 9 o'clock p.m., that was great, finished at half 11 and led directly into the all-out zero hour. So, happy days. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been your episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling as we launch Season 3 here. David, I'm happy to have you back for this episode. I'm looking forward to having you back in a couple of weeks for maybe our two-year anniversary show. And I'm wishing oh, yes. you all the best in your health as we keep you in our thoughts as we go along here. Before I let you have your final words, please follow Radio Free Professional Wrestling on Twitter at Radio Free PW. You can follow me at RPW host Sean David have the final word here please um well i'm looking forward to the anniversary show obviously as i've got through what would have been one of the more bigger hectic weekend shows that i can come back and maybe even do some three ways with good mr jake because he's just done such a sterling job in my absence rather too good one to be fair so if you're listening young jake when you catch this up um well done sir but stop being so good um, I can't have a Chicago Blackhawks fan out doing a Calgary Flames fan. Sorry, a little bit of a sports reference. Follow me at Big Duds, at DBrightly6. Um, all that gubbins, all the Facebook stuff. Sean, thanks for having me. It's great to be back, and we will see more of each other very soon. Well, thank you, David. And ladies and gentlemen, this has been Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Until we speak to you next time, stay stunning. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcast and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.